We will now connect to our European correspondent located in Luxembourg. Hey Liam, how are you doing? I I'm in my house chilling right now. It's uh, Sunday here, so I don't know. I'm just waiting for dinner, I guess. Yeah, how has been Luxembourg so far? Well, Luxembourg has been really nice, actually. Uh, all the kids here are nice. I've been going to school here, an international school, but uh, people here have actually also been very kind. And I think I'm liking this place, except for the fact they don't really have a lot of food. Yes, still fine. Okay, and now since you're our European correspondent, you would pretty much know pretty much about the current political situation in Europe, don't you? Uh, do you mean by the current political situation, do you mean the right-wing populism in Europe? Yeah, then yes, I do know. Yeah, have you felt, uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about, have you ever felt that kind of uh, radicalization or extreme political division in Luxembourg in which you're currently located in? Well, in Luxembourg, no, because I really haven't like been around in, in a lot of places. And since my uh, I live in the suburbs, kind of, so I couldn't really find a chance to see any political movements. But I did see one in Germany. So I went to Germany last time, and I saw this poster which said, Mut zu Deutschland, which basically means, after I searched it up, uh, courage to Germany. Am I right? Yes, I think you're right. Uh, this was basically an AF, uh, not an AFK, sorry. It was a poster made by AFD, which is alternative for Der Deutschland, which is basically alternative for Germany. It's a right-wing uh, party that's been actually really growing a lot in Germany right now. So I, that's how I kind of like felt a lot of things are going on in here. Yes, that actually brings us to our today's topic, political radicalization and extreme right-wing populism in Europe. And when talking about this topic, we can't leave out Alternative für Deutschland, or the AFD, as we usually call it. It has been growing significantly in Germany. And what can you tell us about the AFD? Well, for the AFD, I would say that they've actually been growing really well, uh, a, a lot, really, uh, because they're a far-right political party, and they actually have had their major victory in a select election, mayoral election, I think, last year in October 2023. And this victory is kind of portraying how the far-right sentiment in Germany is actually growing really well right now. Oh, yes. And we also have to talk about Italy. Uh, what can you tell us about Italy? Oh, yeah, Italy. Uh, so the current prime minister, Giorgia Meloni, is the leader of Italy's far-right party called Fratelli d'Italia. She's the leader of the far-right party. And she's also the first woman to hold the office of prime minister of Italy. And this... Georgia Maloney is actually a really huge nationalist and it has expressed admiration for Benito Mussolini, who is the leader of the Italy's fascist regime in the 1920s and 30s. And she also pledged to crack down on immigration and crime, which is becoming a huge issue. Well, yeah, speaking of uh, Benito Mussolini, uh, both Germany and Italy we're talking about has a history with fascism and right-wing populism. Why don't you inform us on that uh, political background? 
that's taking place here? Uh, the political background. Well, I would go back. If we were to talk about the background of, say, Italy, we would have to go way back to 1922 and 1943. So, and there's really two extreme right-wing rules in Europe during the 20th century. The first one was fascist Italy, which I've mentioned earlier, 1922 to 1943. And under the leadership of Benito Mussolini, Italy became a fascist dictatorship and it was really characterized by its nationalism, militarism, and suppression of dissent. And also, uh, of course, everyone knows this, but Nazi Germany from 1933 to 1945. And the, the infamous Adolf Hitler's Nazi party actually came to power in Germany in about 1933. And they were responsible for the Holocaust, a terrible incident, and also the systematic extermination of Jews and other minorities. And yes, as we all know, those two parties and those two fascist leaders started World War II, the bloodiest uh, war in human history. So I'm pretty sure the Europeans know the best about this, since they experienced it firsthand and had thousands and millions of people killed. But why is this current crisis taking place? Why is Europeans voting in favor of these extreme right-wing parties again? So this is actually, a, I wouldn't say this is an easy question to question to answer, but I thought about it and I've had basically three main reasons for that. And those are economic uncertainty and discontent and cultural anxieties and fears and anti-establishment sentiments. So let me explain. So firstly, economic uncertainty and discontent. So as you know, the 2008 financial crisis and subsequent, a lot of ex subsequent economic economic downturn left many people in Europe feeling insecure and resentful, as you know. And after that, there was the COVID and the uh, Ukraine-Russian war, and there's been much more impactful events that's been happening that have been actually putting a lot more people feeling insecure and resentful too. So these radical right-wing parties have actually been able to capitalize on this by so-called promising to restore economic prosperity and protect jobs. And the second reason is cultural anxieties and fears. So in recent years, there's been an increase in immigration to Europe from non-European countries. You know this, right? Yes, I, I know very well. Yes, and this has led to concerns about cultural change and identity among some people. And radical right-wing parties have often, often exploited these anxieties by portraying immigrants as a threat to national culture and values. And the third reason would be anti-establishment sentiments. And a lot of people in Europe have grown disillusioned with traditional political parties and really feel that they aren't really represented by their represented. And these right-wing parties, of course, are exploiting and attracting voters by presenting themselves as so-called outsiders who are not part of the corrupt establishment and they will make changes that the people actually want. So this is the main, these are the main three reasons I think the rise of right-wing populism in Europe is occurring right now. So Liam, you chose uh, the current immigration policies of the governments of these countries as one of the reasons. And can you tell us more about Germany's immigration policy? No, just European immigration policy uh, in general. So, you know, as you know, uh, Angela Merkel, the former chancellor, she was very amiable towards these immigrants and took 
thousands uh, and even maybe millions of these Syrian immigrants. Uh, and the current chancellor, Olaf Scholz, although he's not as amiable as Olaf, uh, as his predecessor, uh, Angela Merkel, he's he has still in place some immigration policy that actually favors the immigrants. However, let's say if AFD grows more in power or even gains power and the control of the government, then how would Germany's and Europe's immigration policy change? Well, firstly, uh, AFD has already uh, made some plans about how they will uh, deport their immigrants if they do come to power. And this is already causing a lot of um, issue issue in the whole wide world, right? Yeah, so so basically, if, if AFD does come to power in Germany, I personally think there's going to be a lot of huge changes in Germany and the countries near it. Let me just, let me say, let's just say uh, AFD came to power. Then I think the first thing they would do is they'll probably increase border control. So they would increase border control to prevent illegal immigration. And this will probably lead to more roadblocks, checkpoints, and surveillance being uh, installed along Germany's borders. And as you already know, a lot of EU's uh, nations don't require, don't have any borders in order to like pass through countries and etc. Yes, this was that- the case for me because I'm in Luxembourg and I, I'm near a lot of European countries and I don't really need a passport. I don't need a passport. It just says "Welcome to uh, Luxembourg." When I just go through from from France to Luxembourg, you see. And if yes. this happens, it's not only going to affect immigrants to not come. It's actually going to affect the whole European economy and the European society of I don't know, just uh, traveling or moving around, just basically in all sorts of ways. So, Liam, are you suggesting that if these uh, right-wing parties gain power or even the control of the government and initiate and implement these extremely anti-immigration policies that it might even ultimately divide the European Union. Yes, I would say I would like to say so because Germany is such a powerful country and has a lot of uh, has a lot of impact among the world. And if Germany decides to increase border control, this might be seen as an action, as a stepping stone to actually the European Union being divided into two, basically being pro-immigrant nations and uh, anti-immigrant nations. So Hungary and Germany would probably be in one side because they're both really against immigrants at this point uh, as the uh, right-wing parties are growing. And also, if AFD does come to power, I'd say they're probably going to reduce refugee quotas. And this is also a really big thing because personally, it's not really in depth. But if people, if the government decides to reduce refugee quotas, this will basically mean their refugees are not welcome in that nation, Germany, for this example, right? So I personally think if the government decides to reduce refugee quotas, people won't really feel welcomed anymore and they would, that would actually lead to a decline in refugees. That's what I think, basically. So I think that's also what the AFD is kind of looking for. And they might tighten asylum laws to and call for the stricter controls on immigration 
And I don't know that that's mis- that's what I think. And there might be a lot of more options that the AFC might choose. Yes, I see. And since you brought Hungary up, uh, Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban has been. Uh, he has been a household name these days. So, the European Union is preparing another aid package, another military assistance uh, to Ukraine to aid it in its war against Russia. However, it's not really going well because of Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban is really against it. So, can you tell us more about uh, Viktor Orban himself, his policies, and how it is going to affect the war in Ukraine and the entirety of Europe? So Viktor Orban was actually a Hungarian lawyer and politician who's been prime minister since 2012, 2010, actually. So he's in the far right. And when the EU decided to send additional aid to Ukraine in response to the ongoing war with Russia, uh, Hungary has actually disagreed very strongly against this decision. And... The E already provided billions of euros in military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine uh, to kind of build up some infrastructure and everything else. But Hungary has actually been, uh, I would say, had some disputes with the EU, saying that if they do send these packages, it's only going to uh, benefit the corrupt politicians. And that's how Vic- that's basically what Victor is saying, disagreeing to the, to the EU sending aid packages to Ukraine. So this obviously wouldn't be a good news for Ukraine uh, because it cannot possibly survive with EU aid against the, against the Russian Federation and its assistance from the United States is also dwindling. So is Viktor Orban, do you think, is he willing to negotiate with the other members of the EU? Is he willing to step back and let this uh, assistance pass well i really don't think so even uh even more so because uh the whole europe is actually grow pop the whole in whole europe right wing is becoming more more and more popular and people are beginning to uh believe in right wing the right wing much more than before i believe that a hung Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban would probably gain more votes, if not less, if not the same as before. And I believe that Viktor will probably just go on with his uh, his idea of his idea. I really don't know how to put this, but he's probably going to go on with what he's said. He said until now. Okay, Liam, so in my opinion, uh, neither left-wing nor uh, right-wing, in any case, in any direction, radicalization of politics isn't a good trend we, we'd like to see in national politics. Um, we, know how, we know what happened. The entire humanity knows what happened, what right-wing radicalization brought to the world uh, back 
80 years ago. Death of more than 50 million people, uh, the bloodiest war in history. So that's my opinion. What's yours? Well, I basically agree with you, but I'd like to add one more thing. The whole trend in the world is currently democracy, am I correct? Yeah, in most countries. Yes, and yeah, most countries. And the reason for this is because people agreed on that uh, radicalization in any type is not good and they shouldn't be uh, pursued. And that's why people decided to bring up democracy and the reason why majority of countries in current society uh, uh, follow democracy. And that's kind of what I think. Even the people bef uh, before us believe that radicalization is not good. And I don't think that people in the current society should follow radicalization without any kind of purpose, except for bringing more uh, dispute to the whole society. Well, yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I really do hope... Uh things don't get too much out of control up to the point where you can't go to Germany without a passport. Yes, and also I'd like to mention one more thing. So, you know, Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. Do you, do you remember this quote? Yeah, that is a very famous quote indeed. Yes, this is actually from the Bible, uh, from Matthew twelve twenty five, And this, the, actually the whole quote is, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. So I personally think this is real. This kind of uh, goes over the whole situation that's going on in Europe right now. As the whole world is actually going through rapid globalization, Europe is becoming a huge part of it. And since Europe has a lot of strong nations, and because Europe is, uh, and because a lot of these countries have a lot of good products, and they're, uh, marketing is really strong in the whole world it's actually it's actually going to become a huge issue if europe is actually becoming actually being separated once again i really do also hope that the incident of east and west germany doesn't happen again europe being divided separated was never a good thing in my opinion and it shouldn't happen again in any in any way Yes, I totally agree with you. And now, uh, with everyone, including us, hoping for a more peaceful and uh, unified Europe, we would like to end today's podcast. Please do, please do stay tuned uh, for our next episode, which I guarantee you that will be published shortly. Thank you for listening.